Oh yeah. Get fired up. For any wrestling fan, this is like Christmas Day. WrestleMania week is upon us. April 2nd, April 3rd, live from AT&T Stadium in Dallas. WWE is delivering its most stupendous two-night event in WrestleMania history. Should be a banger, and I'm here to break it all down. I want to know what your excitement level is from 1 to 10. Is it 1? Is it 5? Is it 10? Are you ready for WrestleMania? This is WrestleMania 38. Should be a huge one. Live in Dallas, trying to sell out two nights, which I believe they have a strong possibility of, given the star power involved. Maybe not the best card as far as the build-up, as far as the road to WrestleMania. It's been a little lackluster, but I'm here to choose love. We could hate on things all day, but if you're a fan of this podcast, you've been listening since the beginning, you know I try to stay positive, not only on this podcast, but in life. I try to look at the bright side of things. Maybe it's a Libra in me. Maybe I want to balance everything out. But I am going to choose love on this road to WrestleMania. Because why? Because it's Wrestle-freaking-mania. It's the biggest event of the year. They're giving us two nights of it. We could debate that all all day long. If you like the one night, if you like a seven-hour WrestleMania. To me, I've been to a few WrestleManias. The seven-hour event in New York was draining. By the time it was main event time, I wanted to go to sleep. Let's be honest. To me, the two-night event, much more easy to consume. Two smaller, two shorter events. I personally would prefer one night of just all killer, no filler. But unfortunately, with the way that they're trying to get everyone on the card, that's really not realistic. With the money involved, that's also not realistic. There's too much money on the table to do a two-night event that I believe this is something that's going to stay. Let's get to the card. Let's break it all down for you. Two different nights. Saturday night. April 2nd is night one, and I'm going to break these matches down in kind of the order of importance. We don't know the full order of the card, but I'm going to uh, begin with probably the least important match to me, and that would be the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I personally see the Usos retaining. But I'm looking forward to a few things in this match. I'm looking forward to Shinsuke's entrance, which is phenomenal, especially live. The, the crowd really participates, really gets behind him. Rick Boogs is great on the guitar. He um, He's somebody that I think, if you look at him from first glance, you might see he's kind of a goofball. But I think in the long run, this is going to be a guy that has the potential to be a star. He looks great. He's jacked. He um, definitely has charisma with his funny-type character. He could play guitar. He's talented. I think there's a good future for him as a singles wrestler. Shinsuke Nakamura, to me, is much better as a single. I don't see any reason to put the titles on them, but you never know. I think the Usos keep it. Main event Jey Uso and his brother Jimmy have been great with the bloodline, working with Roman Reigns. I think it reinvigorated their career. So that, to me, is probably the least important match on night one. Second, I have to say Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Now, there have been times in WrestleMania history where there's a match going into it. You don't really care about the buildup. You don't really care about the characters involved. But from bell to bell, the match just bangs. I think this could be that match. Drew McIntyre in the ring is great. Baron Corbin, very underrated to me. Baron Corbin also has the most protected finisher in wrestling today. Yes, you heard that right. Baron Corbin, for some reason, don't know why, has one of the most protected, if not the most, protected finisher in sports, in wrestling. The end of days. You know how many people have kicked out of the end of days? Zero. That is one finisher that actually finishes the match. In a day and age where we see a million false finishes, guys kicking out of double tombstones off of a freaking apron, through a table, through a flaming table, guys will kick out at two somehow, some way. Baron Corbin, when he hits the end of days, match is over. I could see a scenario here where maybe Drew McIntyre is the first guy to kick out of the end of days. Um, Corbin's also been undefeated since his happy Corbin gimmick. So I could see Drew overcoming the end of days, overcoming Baron Corbin's winning streak, and getting the W here. Other than that, these two characters aren't for me. 
Um, Drew McIntyre, great athlete, uh, great on the mic too. Something's missing with him. I think he needs to get rid of that sword. I'm no fan of a guy carrying around something that you can't really use. In the world of wrestling, where are you going to use a sword? Let's be realistic. Why is this guy carrying a sword all the time? He doesn't need a sword. Get rid of it. Give me five hot minutes, physical action, and get the hell out of here. Drew McIntyre with the W. Next up, I got to say, would have to be the New Day versus Sheamus and Rich Holland. Now, typically I'd say this was the least important match on the card, but given the real-life situation where Big E was dropped on his neck in a horrendous accident, belly-to-belly suplex gone wrong, Big E was slammed on his, dropped on his neck outside the ring. Eventually, we found out that he broke his neck. Luckily, he's alive. Luckily, he doesn't have any paralysis. But that, to me, raised the level of importance in this match. The New Day, Xavier Woods, and, and Kofi Kingston are trying to get their revenge on Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland and Sheamus, they're kind of playing off the real life. They were in a little feud before that, but I think this real-life incident upped the intensity of the rivalry. So I'm looking forward to that match. I always love seeing Kofi Kingston do something special at WrestleMania. I was there at WrestleMania 35 when he won the championship. One of the best moments in WrestleMania history. Incredible, especially to be there live. The whole crowd lost it. So I like to see Kofi uh, and Xavier Woods get a, get, get a big W here. I got the New Day overcoming Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Next up, I got to say, that's two bangers left. For the women's division. I'll say Charlotte Ronda. Charlotte Ronda. I expect it to be a great match. Um, the build hasn't been that great. Like in many of these matches. Like I've said. But bell to bell. This match will deliver. Their Survivor Series match in the past. Was awesome. I believe it was the end of 2018. That was a great one on one match. I believe it ended. In some kind of false finish. Maybe a DQ. But it really was a great match, and I expect these two to deliver another one. Ronda Rousey should come out on top. I can't see her really losing, but it is Charlotte Flair. She is the GOAT. She is by far the best woman ever to enter the ring. And I wouldn't be completely surprised if Charlotte pulls off the win. We didn't expect her to break Oscar's streak at WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. She did it. Didn't expect her... To beat Rhea Ripley at 35, she did it. So Charlotte really is a wild card. You never know if she's going to win or not. But I'm thinking Ronda, she's got the comeback. I think they'll put the title on her again, give her another run, see how she does with it. And maybe even give Charlotte a little break here. She's been running hard for a long time. But I'm looking forward to the match. Bell to bell, it will deliver. That's something we do know. Charlotte always delivers at WrestleMania. Next up, we have Becky Lynch. And Bianca Belair, another one I think is going to be great. This has actually been one of the few matches that have been built really well. Started back at SummerSlam. Bianca Belair um, was the champion at last year's WrestleMania. Main evented, had a great match, great moment. Becky Lynch returns to SummerSlam, beats her in a squash match, literally hits one move, pins her, one, two, three. Becky Lynch was the champion. Becky Lynch has never lost that title. Remember, she won it at WrestleMania, became a unified champion, went on a nice run, found out she was pregnant, vacated the title, actually didn't vacate it, gave it to Asuka in the Money in the Bank match. The, the briefcase held the title. That was the story behind that. Comes back, beats uh, Belair, and is still the champion. Has not lost that belt. Has not been beaten for the title. So I believe Bianca Belair will overcome, will get her title back, will get her victory back, and continue her ascension into superstardom. Bianca Belair is one of the biggest stars in wrestling, and I believe her stardom will only grow with another championship reign. Expect Bianca Belair to take the title from Becky, big-time Bex, and really lead the Raw brand as the women's champion. Next up, Seth Rollins versus TBA. Now, if you haven't been watching Raw, you wouldn't know that Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens have literally been carrying Raw on their back. Of course, Bianca and Becky are doing a great part in that. They're helping as well. But to me, Rollins and KO, at least for the last month and a half, have carried this show. Their storyline has been 
how can they find their way into WrestleMania? They've tried to win the Rumble, I believe. Didn't obviously didn't uh, succeed at that. Seth Rollins fought Roman Reigns for the title, couldn't beat him. Entered the Chamber, couldn't win that. They tried to win the tag titles, couldn't win that. They were kind of conflicted. How can we get on to WrestleMania? Well, in real life, they're two big stars. I mean, why wouldn't they be in WrestleMania? They could be like everyone else. Hey, I challenge you to a match at WrestleMania and get it. That would be the logical way. But this is WWE. They kind of do some things that don't really make sense. But these two guys have done a good job of really carrying their stories without counterparts. They've been out there by themselves, well, together, building a story against opponents that are not there. That deserves a lot of praise. That's really incredible. That shows how strong their characters are. Seth Rollins has finally reclaimed his position as a top guy. When he was a heel and turned on the shield and became champion, he was great. When he went on that run as a face, as the IC champion, Monday Night Rollins, it was incredible. When he won the IC title at Mania 34, it was a great moment. But during that rise, when he eventually won the Rumble, and then he eventually beats Brock Lesnar in New York, 35. Somewhere along the line, he lost his edge. He was really stale. He was growing boring. Um, Him and Becky Lynch were kind of using their relationship on screen too. It really didn't work. It really didn't click with the audience. I, as a big Seth Rollins fan, was losing interest in his character as well. And since then, it's taken about a year and a half to really get that back. He went through a run as a heel as uh, the Monday Night Messiah, where he had a crew of guys, Buddy Murphy, um, Authors of Pain, doing his dirty work. That really didn't click for me either. Something was missing there. But finally, after tweaks and tweaks, he has finally gained a strong character that I really enjoy watching. One of the most entertaining guys in wrestling today. Seth Rollins comes out with the suits, different suits every week. He's got the beard going. He's got the laugh, the menacing laugh. <laughs> I can't really do it, but he does it great. He's got the laugh, the suits. Uh, his in-ring work has been sensational as always. And he really just finds a way to pull off this lunatic who is obsessed with getting to WrestleMania. He will do anything it takes to get there. And that has really resonated That, to me, is his best character work in a very long time since he was a part of the Authority. So Rollins has really been just obsessed with getting a match. He has the meeting with Vince. He gets the match. Vince says, hey, why didn't you just ask me? Why were you jumping through all those hoops? (laughs) But um, the real story here is the opponent. Who is the opponent? We don't know. Vince said it'll be announced once you're in the ring. Now, the rumor, the speculation, the rumor in innuendo is Cody freaking Rhodes is coming to face Seth freaking Rollins. Cody Rhodes is a guy who was born into the business. He was a mid-carder in WWE for a very long time. He left in 2016, I believe. Asked for his release. It was granted. Went on his own. Became a star on his own, independently. Much bigger than he ever was in WWE. He became such a star that he was called out by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer when he said, there is nobody in wrestling in the United States outside of WWE that can sell out 10,000 seats. Cody Rhodes took that challenge, called up the Young Bucks, called up Kenny Omega, called up guys uh, on the independent scene and said, hey, let's do this together. Let's go all in. And that's when they created a pay-per-view independently, sold it out in, I think, 20 minutes or something quick like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was a really short period of time. I want to say less than an hour. They sold out 10,000 seats at the Sears Center in Chicago. Cody Rhodes proved right there he is a star. Not anyone could do that. He pulled it off. He went on his own accord, put the money up, got the guys together, and did it himself. Not only did he do that, he had a great run in New Japan. And then after that, a guy named Tony Khan from a billionaire family, owner of the Jaguars, was was at that event, saw that Cody was a free agent, Um, Kenny's contract was up, Young Buck's contract was up, Chris Jericho's contract was up. This guy decided to start his own company off of the idea that Cody Rhodes had. 
So Cody Rhodes sparked what is now known as AEW. He was an EVP of the company. He helped run the company, helped uh, be one of its biggest stars for about three years now. His contract came up. He didn't have as much control as he originally had. He wanted, uh, I'm sure he wanted more money on top of that, plus creative control. Didn't get that. So now he's a free agent and he's coming back to WWE, it appears. I believe he is the man that is going to face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I believe he's going to get a huge pop. I believe he is trying to cement his legacy. You can knock WWE all you want. But this kid, this kid, this guy was a kid when he began his career. And he started in WWE. Comes from a legendary family. A guy, Dusty Rhodes, who established his career before WWF. When he got there, he wasn't treated as the same star that he was outside of the company. I believe Cody is a traditionalist. He wants to outdo that. He wants to surpass what his dad did. Do something his dad couldn't do. His dad did make it to the to WWF, but like I said, he wasn't as big of a star as he was outside. I believe Cody wants to be just as big of a star as he was outside of WWE. He, he started there. He left. Became his own man, proved that he was a star, and now he's coming back to pretty much capitalize on what he built. Cody Rhodes is going to be a top guy in WWE. I truly believe that, and I don't think there's really any doubt because I don't think he'd go there if it wasn't guaranteed. He is a very smart businessman. As far as the wrestling business, this guy knows what he's doing. He's proven it time and time again. Every time he gets doubted, he overcomes WWE didn't think he was a star, proved him wrong. Meltzer didn't think he could sell out 10,000, proved him wrong. People are thinking he was never going to leave AEW, he was never going to um, be as big as the guys that came in, like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. Yeah, maybe he's not there yet, but I believe he can be on that level. When Cody was in WWE, he was held back a little bit. And who was being pushed at that time? CM Punk. Brian Danielson. Moxley from The Shield. These guys are now in AEW. So Cody's probably having deja vu. Like, oh, these guys are ahead of me. These guys are bigger than me now still? Okay, well, let me go to WWE. What's old is new again. Cody's coming back to a fresh crop, and there's a lot of guys that aren't on his level now. He's bigger than most of the roster now. Yes, there's Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, guys like that. But Cody's right under there. He's right underneath them. And I believe it's going to be Cody versus Seth Rollins. I believe they're going to have an amazing match. The pop's going to be great. Can't wait to see it. Cody Rhodes is coming back to wrestling. It's one of the biggest stories in wrestling. And that's saying something because what's next up is pretty much as big as it gets. And that is what's going to close the show. And what really has to close the show. That's KO, Kevin Owens, the KO show featuring a guy, you may have heard of him, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold and KO. They're not calling it a match. They're calling it the KO show. But I believe it's going to be more than we've seen in the last 19 years. Why? Because Stone Cold keeps mentioning he hasn't wrestled in 19 years. Saying that eats at him. He finally has a reason to come back and right his wrong. And the wrong was, we didn't know that that was going to be Austin's last match. To me, it was a great match. It's the best final match you could have. It's against The Rock. It's at WrestleMania. What more can you get? But the fact is, we didn't know. It wasn't a proper send-off. Now Stone Cold's really saying, one final can of whoop-ass. Again, not a traditional match. There's not going to be a referee counting one, two, three. But I believe we're going to get a nice brawl, a good back and forth. KO is going to get some offense in on Stone Cold. It's not just going to be a talking segment and a stunner. See you later. No, there's going to be some back and forth. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be stunners handed out, I believe, by both men. Bold prediction, KO stuns Stone Cold. I'm calling it now. KO Kevin Owens will stunner Stone Cold Steve Austin. I believe that will happen early. Stone Cold will make his comeback. Stone Cold will whoop some ass, stomp a mud hole, walk it dry. Luthez press, stunner, bears, maybe some chair shots. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be the best possible way to close out night one of WrestleMania. If anyone is arguing against Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest star in the history of this sport, if you're going to argue that, 
please don't watch WrestleMania. What are you talking about? We can't hang out. We can't be friends. We can't talk. If you're going against Stone Cold, if you're saying, oh, he's holding guys back, shut up. Shut your mouth. Know your role and shut your mouth, like The Rock would say. Because Stone Cold is the biggest star in the business. It's not every day you can get a guy like him to come back and, and really headline WrestleMania. Because, in fact, that's what he's going to do. So Ronda Rousey, I know she was excited. She was tweeting, oh, yeah. I think it was a month ago, a couple months ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm headlining WrestleMania. I'm main eventing. Well, sorry. Stone Cold's coming to town. They're going to take the back seat. I think Ronda and Charlotte could be the last quote-unquote match that we get. But Stone Cold will close the show. You better believe that. That wraps up night one. Night two, not as loaded as night one. But I think there's some things that really should be interesting. Number one, I got to say that fatal four-way women's match. That's probably the least important. But I still think it could be fun. I'm a big Sasha Banks fan. She's one of my favorite wrestlers ever, if we're being honest. Um, I wish she had something bigger than this tag match. The tag titles, to me, kind of just get thrown together every year as far as WrestleMania matches go. It's never a one-on-one feud, which I think it should be. They have the talent to do it. But I think they have so much talent, they kind of just try to lump everyone together. So it's a fatal four-way tag team match for the women's tag match, and they kind of throw these teams together a little bit as well. Queen Selena and Carmella, who are the champions, against Sasha Banks and Naomi, versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. So, like I said, just a way to get all these women, all these talented women, on the card, but I think Sasha Banks and Naomi is the right choice here. Have them win it. They're the, two, they're the bigger stars of the group. Sasha Banks especially, she main evented last year at WrestleMania. So I could see her walking out with Naomi as the women's tag team champions. Up next, you got Johnny Knoxville. Yes, that Johnny Knoxville, like I mentioned earlier, from Jackass, against Sami Zayn in an Anything Goes match. This has the potential to be fun. Um, this is actually most the most consistent feud outside of Reigns and Lesnar because these guys have been battling back and forth since, I believe, December. Like, it's been a long time. They've been at each other's throat for a while. Anything goes, which fits right up uh, Sami Zayn. Excuse me, which fits right up Johnny Knoxville's alley. Guy's a jackass, guy does things, guy's hurt, guy hurts himself on purpose for your entertainment. So what better way to do it than an Anything Goes match? I'm hoping this is some fun stuff. Uh, break some tables, smash some kendo sticks, maybe get some thumbtacks involved. It's Anything Goes. Let's have fun. Give me seven hot minutes. Get out of there. Don't overdo it. Sami Zayn got to win, though. I want Sami Zayn to win. I'm sick of these celebrities always winning. That's got to stop. Celebrities can't always win. Let's have some guys whoop some ass. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, I'm sure, will take an ass whooping and be fine. Sami Zayn needs to win. Sami Zayn's a very talented wrestler. Guy can talk. Guy can wrestle. Guy can be heel, face. Super talented. Very underrated, in my opinion. Sami Zayn for the W over Johnny Knoxville. Next up, another celebrity, pseudo-celebrity type match. Pat McAfee, who is also the commentator on SmackDown Live every week. He's going against Austin Theory. This match was made on the Pat McAfee show when Vince McMahon said, hey, I got an offer for you. How about a WrestleMania match? Austin Theory, kind of Vince McMahon's protege, if you will, started a feud, showed up on SmackDown, told McAfee, you're fighting me. I believe he smacked him or pushed him, one or the other. Set off the feud. Pat McAfee's been great. Um... On the mic, he really has killed it, really, in every aspect. He also killed it in the ring against Adam Cole a couple years ago. So I don't have any doubt this is going to be a good match, bell to bell. Not sure who's going to win this one. I think Austin Theory probably is the logical winner. They're giving this guy a lot of shine. Uh, Pairing him with Vince McMahon obviously gives you instant credibility. He was the last guy in the chamber match against Brock Lesnar. He was the last survivor before being eliminated. He got F5'd off the top of the pod, which was another big moment. Um, I think they're giving this guy a lot of shine. I could see him winning. Pat McAfee's great in the ring, though. It should be a fun match. Interested in how this goes either way. Um, I wonder if it's going to continue after this or if it's kind of a one-night thing. But definitely has my interest. Not super excited about it, but should be fun. Next up, we got RK Bro. Randy Orton, Matt Riddle. Going against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy in a triple threat match for the tag titles. Again, kind of like the women's 
they're kind of lumping guys in here. I think RK Bro versus Street Profits would have been fine, but you need a Hale involved. Alpha Academy, I was kind of lukewarm on them from the beginning. The more I watch, because I've been watching the road to WrestleMania kind of get myself uh, up to date and fully invested in this card, I think they have done a great job with this team. They're really funny on the mic, underratedly funny. Chad Gable is witty. I think Chad Gable can be a star. He's a great in-ring wrestler, and he's finally developing a personality that you can relate to or uh, really get invested in. He's an annoying heel. We all know someone annoying, and he's really good at it. He really gets the crowd fired up. He gets some of the best heat in the business now. Um, he really, when they were doing that game show, he really had the crowd booing him. I think it was in Ohio, this in Ohio State, calling it a community college and stuff like that. He's pretty funny. I think this match can go maybe 15 minutes. I think these guys can really get something out of it. Athletic Street Profits, RK Bro has their storyline going. I think Street Profits leave with the titles. They have their really big moment. They've teased it for a while. They've they've tried and failed many times. I believe they did have a short run with the titles, but nothing was that uh, exciting. Didn't really do much for either one. But I can see a turn here coming with RK Bro. I think the obvious way would be Randy Orton because he turns on everybody. But I'm kind of expecting the swerve here. Give us the swerve. Riddle turns on Orton. And then we set up a feud between them, which should be fantastic. They've really dragged this out for a while. It lasted longer than I thought. And when I say dragged out, I don't mean in a negative way. It's, it's just gone a little longer than I thought. But RK Bro has been very entertaining. Started out, I was questioning it, but it has grown on me. The chemistry is there. Orton's a legend. Riddle is very good on the rise. I think he's only getting better. I think a feud with him and Orton can really elevate him to the next level. Next up, we got, and to quote Big E, we got big, meaty men slapping meat. Pause. Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Omos debuted last year at WrestleMania with AJ Styles. They won the tag titles. The guy has been undefeated ever since. Squashed AJ Styles. Has dominated in handicap matches on Raw. Beating um, Apollo Crews. Beating Apollo and his manager. Beating various tag teams. Just dominating, destroying everyone. Hasn't even had a competitive match yet. Has been calling out a WrestleMania opponent for the last few weeks. I'll fight anyone who's going to stand up to the Colossus. Well, on Monday, we found out who we're going to see. And that was Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley came out. They got a little physical. Bobby Lashley knocked almost out the ring. First guy, I believe, to do that. But still, he landed on his feet. Almost Lashley should be a slugfest. Um, I'm really interested in this one because I'm not sure who's going to win. What are we going to do here? Lashley has been one of the most strongly booked guys in wrestling in the past couple of years. Dominant champion. Even when he lost his belt, he was screwed. Or it was in a fatal four-way. Or a guy cashing in, uh, Biggie cashing in money in the bank after he already had a match. They made sure to really book Lashley strong. Even in the chamber, he was taken out of the chamber for a concussion protocol. He wasn't pinned. Didn't even enter the match was still in his pod, so they've really done a great job protecting Lashley's character. Lashley is a guy that I never really cared for that much, up until about a year and a half ago. It's crazy how a guy has had such a long career, and really it takes a few touches, a few minor switches, a few adjustments to their character to really get the crowd behind you, and that's what happened with me with Lashley. Lashley turned into one of my favorite wrestlers today. Why? He became a badass, which he should have been from the beginning. Look at the guy. He looks like a million bucks. Looks like he can kick anyone's ass. They finally used that. Finally gave him some attitude. Uh, paired him with MVP, who's a great mouthpiece. Really the total package. Come out in a suit, looking clean, looking like the man that he is. And that really has done it for Lashley. Talking trash and dominating opponents has really worked for him. Him versus almost should be a slugfest. Like I said, if Lashley wins... Then he continues his dominance, but if almost can beat him, almost is undefeated. If almost beats Lashley, then that tells you right there, almost is some guy that they're really going to strap the rocket ship to the back of and make a star in this business. The guy's a monster. The guy is 7'3", 400 pounds. Guy's a beast. Him and Lashley should be one to look forward to. I think it's going to be good. Shouldn't be too long. Give me 
maybe less than 10 minutes. Don't stretch almost out too much. He is green in the ring. You don't want to leave him in there for a long time, but it should be hard hitting for as long as it lasts. Next up, to me, this should open the show. I don't actually. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'll stay with that. It should open the show. Edge versus AJ Styles is going to tear the house down. Simply put, it's going to be match of the night, in my opinion. Sunday night, Edge, AJ Styles for the first time ever. Two legends going at it. I don't know why. I don't know how you could not be excited for this match. Edge turned heel, called someone out, said, Who's going to step up? AJ Styles accepted the challenge. They shook hands. Edge turned heel, hit him with the chair, um, beat the hell out of him, really. Dominated him. Next week came out, new music, new look, darker tone to Edge's character, really reinventing himself again, which is remarkable because he's been in this game for such a long time. But he's one of the greats. He proved why he is. He turned on AJ um, and really gave a good reason as to why. Because he is the best in this in the industry. He feels he's not getting the credit he deserves as of late. And he needed that edge, if you will, to his character to really prove a point and show that AJ Styles needs him. He said AJ Styles has been kind of irrelevant for the last couple of years. He hasn't been that pit bull that he used to be. He believes AJ needs him. He said, AJ, you're a great performer, but I'm on another level. And I'm going to show you that. I'm on a different level than everyone else in this company. AJ Styles is fired back. AJ Styles believes that he's going to deliver exactly what Edge is looking for. The phenomenal one. The pit bull. The Georgia pit bull as he used to be known as and TNA. AJ Styles is going to unleash a more aggressive side. Edge has already shown he's on that darker side. Expect a physical match. Expect an absolute classic. I want to see this match go. Give me 25 minutes. Give me a long opener to this show. Start off with a bang. Give us something to remember. And if it's not closing the show, you want to open the show for WrestleMania. You want to be the first thing they see. You want the crowd on fire for your match. You don't want them tired. So that should open the show, in my opinion. And of course, what's going to close the show on Sunday is champion versus champion, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, winner take all. Now, we can nitpick this match. I think this is where a lot of the hate comes from. Brock Reigns again? What is this, the fifth time they fought at Mania? No, it's the third. Let's not get a little carried away. It's the third time. Is it too many? Maybe. Maybe it is. But the character development cannot be denied. You cannot tell me these are the same two guys that fought at 31. You cannot tell me these are the same two characters that fought at 34. These are totally different characters. You can see it visually and the things they're saying and doing. Not just how they look. Brock Lesnar, a little more lean and a lot nicer, more talkative, more charismatic than he's ever been. No Paul Heyman by his side. He's, he's doing more promos. He's actually being more visible. He's there every week. He's uh, interacting with the crowd. He's pump, he's fist bumping the fans. This is a different Brock Lesnar. This is a Viking Brock Lesnar. He looks like he was out hunting for boar with his bare hands or something like that. The guy's a savage. I love this version of Brock. I love every version of Brock, but this version does feel fresh. You cannot deny that. Roman Reigns, on the other hand, has been the most dominant champion since Hulk Hogan. Guy has not been pinned since December 2019. That's a fact. Has not been pinned or submitted since December of 2019. Think about that. Me, some people may call it uh, oversaturation. Me, I like my champions dominant. I like champions that have long reigns, no pun intended, and Roman has done that. He's really turned it around. He was a guy that was forced down everyone's throat for a while there. And I always said, I didn't hate Roman Reigns. I hated his spot. He was a really good wrestler, but he should have always been, to me, at that period of time with that character, a mid-card champion. 
when he was the IC champion, he had a great run. Before the Miz took it from him and had another even better run, Reigns had a good run. But when you forced him as the champion, as the top guy, headlining WrestleMania after WrestleMania, at that point, it wasn't the right time. That's why he got booed. Nothing against him personally, but he was being pushed in a position that we didn't want him in. And the fans should really get what they want the majority of the time. Now, as a heel, as the head of the table, as um, a guy who will do anything to, to win and is really a boss and really talking his shit and really telling you guys what it is, like when he cut that promo a few weeks ago saying, I run this company, this guy holding the camera, he works for me. These fans in the arena, they're mine. This is mine. This show is mine. Kind of believe him. Because he really does run this show. He really is the face of the company. You believe him. He says, I'm the head of the table. You believe him. He's the top dog of his family. The Usos are on his side. They're not in front of him. They're on his side. They work for him. The, the wise man, if you will. Heyman. Paul Heyman. He's got him on his side. He works for him. He's the top dog. Roman Reigns is doing the best work of his career by far. He's doing some of the best work in all of professional wrestling. He deserves his praise for it. He really turned that character around. It really works for him. Acknowledge me. The crowd chants it with him now. This feud, and it makes sense. You have Paul Heyman in the middle. You have the history of the previous WrestleManias. Reigns can never get over uh, Brock at WrestleMania. This match is going to do great. It's going to be great in the ring. Definitely is. Look back at 31. Watch that match. Tell me that wasn't a great match. WrestleMania 31. Brock versus Reigns. Great match. 34. I was there in attendance. Wasn't a great match by any means. The crowd completely shitted on it. Completely booed it from the opening bell because uh, we believed we knew what was going to happen. We believed Reigns was going to win. Well, guess what? They swerved us. Reigns didn't win. He got beat by Brock. He got busted open the hard way. It was a very physical match. Guy was bleeding from his head. It was a physical match. Guys did bust their ass. But it just didn't click like they wanted it to. I believe Sunday night, April 3rd, it will click. It will be a great match. I believe Roman Reigns will leave with both championships held high as the head of the table, as the face of the company. Brock will probably take a little hiatus because he's been on every show for a very long time now, the last few months, more than he ever has. I think Reigns does overcome the beast, continues his dominant reign of over 900 days as champion. He's on a short list with Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, and Bob Backlund. I believe those are the only guys, maybe Pedro Morales, as the longest champions in history of this company. Think about that. So the dominance is there. His opponents have been there, from Daniel Bryan to Edge, to Finn Balor, to uh, his own cousin, Jay Uso, to The Fiend, to Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens. He's really gone through the whole roster, pretty much. The person that beats him is going to be a made man. I don't think it's going to be Brock, because Brock is already a made man. What really is the point if Brock beats him? You know what I'm saying? I think the guy that beats him needs to be a big deal, needs to be a younger guy, that can take that spot or is ready for that spot. Brock has already done that, been there, done that, done everything he needs to do. He's broken the streak. He's beaten Reigns a million times. Reigns is going to win this. Stand champion. But to close the show, if they want to close the show, not saying that's not a big moment. Reigns dominating. Okay, that's cool. But if you want to close Sunday, in a big way, the most stupendous way, as they say. Saturday, you got Stone Cold. That's done. That's bulletproof. Sunday, Reigns wins, holding the titles high. He's got his family around him, Usos. He's got the wise man, Paul Heyman. What can be big? What is as big as Stone Cold on Saturday? If you smell, the rock comes out. Gets in the ring, stands face to face with the head of the table and says, you think you're the man, you think you're the guy, you think you run this family, 
You're talking to The Rock. I'm the big dog of this family. I'm the people's champion. The crowd goes crazy. If you smell. Next year, WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood, my backyard. I run Hollywood, and I'm coming back to run the WWE. You and me, one-on-one, we'll see who the real head of the table is. We'll see who the real man of this family is. Rock vs. Reigns, WrestleMania 39. What do you say? Reigns just looks at him, walks off with his belts, doesn't even say a word. The Rock poses for the crowd as we go off the air, and they tease it. Reigns doesn't give him an answer. He's enjoying his night. He's enjoying his titles. He's going to go home, leave The Rock in the ring. Crowd goes nuts, and then that gives you a reason to tune in on Monday. We go from there, or Friday on SmackDown. We go from there, and they somehow drag it out. Um, we've done it before. Reigns and, excuse me, Rock and Cena. That main event was announced one year before. Yes, they built it for a year. They found a way. They can they can do long storm t- long-term storytelling when they want to. Don't be fooled. Just because WWE likes to give that fast food kind of feel for a lot of these storylines, when they want to tell a great story that spans the time of a uh, year, they can really do it. With The Rock and Reigns, it's really an easy story to tell. Family history, uh, Reigns' run, The Rock's past. It's really an easy story to tell. If they want to tell it, they can. But obviously, you need The Rock on board. You need him to have a clear schedule for WrestleMania next year. And a year away, I think, is the perfect way to do it. Reigns dominates for another year. There's ways to drag it out. There's different storylines you can come up with to fill that time. But if you go into L.A. next year, Rock vs. Reigns as the main event doesn't get much bigger than that. That's how I see it. That's how I would do it. Um, let me know what you think. What would you do? What are your predictions? Are you fired up for WrestleMania? Keep in mind, this is recorded on a Wednesday. There is still a Friday night SmackDown that hasn't taken place yet. That'll be the last show before Mania. Obviously, some of these matches can change that I mentioned earlier. Some things could be added. Hopefully, what gets added is a Finn Balor or a Ricochet match because these guys are champions and they're not even on the card, which is crazy to me. I remember uh, there was a time where the Intercontinental title meant something. Mania 3, Steamboat Savage. That was an all-time classic match for the Intercontinental Championship. WrestleMania 10 was a big deal. Razor Ramon, God rest his soul, against HBK in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship to see who the real IC champion was. Now, the IC champion is used as a stepping stone. Austin Theory pinned um, Ricochet clean in a non-title match. Like, if if you're going to beat the IC championship, put the, put the title on the line. Let Austin Theory go into the the match with Pat McAfee as a champion. Why not? Beats the champion clean, and that's it. Like, not even the champion. Like, basically, yeah, I beat you. I don't even want your belt. That's how meaningless the Intercontinental Championship has become. Guys will beat the champion, don't even want the belt. That's sad. I mean, you could really build these champions up nice. I don't know why they don't. You have two very talented wrestlers, Finn Balor and Ricochet, holding your U.S. and IC champions, and neither one of them are on the card. That's embarrassing. You have two nights. Find a way. You want to um, build a younger audience. That's what they've been trying to do. Build a younger audience because WWE audience tends to be older. Listen, put Ricochet in banger after banger every week, successfully defending his title. Take a month of your time. You have plenty of TV time. Take a month, build qualifying matches to enter a multi-man ladder match. Call it the Scott Hall Appreciation Ladder Match at WrestleMania. Scott Hall was in the first ever WrestleMania, or called the Razor Ramon Classic, whatever. Scott Hall was in the first uh, ladder match that was televised in WWE. It was at WrestleMania. It was a classic match. It was for the IC title. This is so easy, I promise you. This writes itself. Call it the Scott Hall Appreciation. Ricochet wins that match, a multi-man ladder match, at WrestleMania. It'd be tons of fun. Kids would love to see Ricochet. Trust me, this guy is super athletic. He's like a superhero. This guy should be featured on the card. It's a shame that he's not. U.S. title as well. It was booked strongly in the past. Look at Cena's epic run with it. He did the open challenge. Damian Priest did have a solid run with it recently. He lost to Finn Balor, which is fine. But it seems like they just dropped the ball with that. It would be a no-brainer to have a rematch at Mania. Somehow get the Demon involved. And 
I don't know. I don't know why WWE didn't include either one of them into Mania. Of course, like I said, there's a SmackDown on Friday. They could last minute throw something together. But after you beat your champion just on Raw, it's kind of ruined already. So that's my big complaint, not having those two guys on the card. But overall, it is a fun card. I already broke it down for you. Actually, one match I forgot to mention was the tag match that's going to take place on night one, on Saturday, April 2nd. It is The Miz and Logan Paul against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, Rey Mysterio's son. This should be an interesting one. Um, On paper, the feud sounded okay, but the execution to me has been a little lacking. That's kind of the theme of the build to most of these matches. Um, Logan Paul seems like a mascot. He doesn't seem like they trust him on the mic. I thought he'd be a little bit more involved. He's kind of just there. Um, they attacked Rey Mysterio. Well, The Miz actually attacked Rey Mysterio. Took off his mask, which is sacrilege to any Lucha Libre wrestler. Took his mask off and gave it to Logan Paul. I assume Logan Paul is going to bring it to WrestleMania or even wear it during the match. Should be an interesting one. Celebrities are always involved. Um, I mentioned Johnny Knoxville before. Um, Pat McAfee as well. I don't know why there's an outrage, though. A lot of people are upset that these celebrities are taking up, quote-unquote, taking up a spot on the card. Listen, celebrity involvement has been a staple in WrestleMania literally since its inception. Mr. T wasn't just involved. He headlined WrestleMania 1. Ten years later, WrestleMania 11, Lawrence Taylor, LT, also main-evented over Shawn Michaels and Diesel, which was for the WWF Championship at the time. People like Floyd Mayweather, Bad Bunny, even Snooki have all participated in Mania matches. So the outrage for Knoxville or McAfee or Logan Paul, it just doesn't make sense to me. Knoxville and Paul are both famous for different reasons. They both bring a unique demographic. McAfee a little different. He, um, Yeah, he's the host of a big YouTube podcast, but he is also a commentator every week, also a former NFL player. But he's a commentator every week on SmackDown. I think that situation's a little bit different. But WWE is simply doing what they always do for WrestleMania. And that's trying to capitalize on as many outside names as possible. Bring in as many eyes as possible that wouldn't normally watch wrestling on television. They're hoping some young people may turn in to see Logan Paul, but they'll stick around for the Seth Rollins, the Bianca Belairs, the Roman Reigns of the world. They'll stick around, see these guys, and maybe tune in next time. They'll always cater to the casual audience. You know why? Because people like me, the diehards, you listening to this podcast, you're going to watch regardless. Okay? It is what it is. They want to get people that usually aren't. They're finding unique ways to bring people in, and they want to go viral as much as possible. Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, Johnny Knoxville, those moments in in their matches are going to go viral. Something, They're going to take a big bump, or something spectacular is going to happen, and they're going to go viral. They're going to get as many clicks as possible. WrestleMania will be the number one trend, as it always is during the weekend. That is the goal. Bring in outside um, press, social media clicks, social media posts, YouTube, everything. They want as many different ways to get out there as they can. And who can blame them? They're WWE. They just made more money than they've ever made in the history of the company. So who are we to hear, to sit here and criticize the way that they involve celebrities? WrestleMania is more than wrestling. Okay, like Vince says, it's sports entertainment. If you're looking for strictly pure pro wrestling, tune in to NJPW, New Japan, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, the newly rebooted Ring of Honor Wrestling, and those companies will surely satisfy your thirst for some old-fashioned wrestling. But WrestleMania is and always has been about more than just wrestling. It's about the pop and circumstance. It's about the pyro. It's about the theatrics. It's about celebrities the birth of WrestleMania came through Rockin' Wrestling, which was a connection that WWF had with MTV. Their goal was to get celebrities involved, and that's what they're going to continue to do every single year, depending on um, how many they have each year. This one's three. Last year, I think, was one or two. They're going to continue to do it. It is what it is. Get used to it. Deal with it. It's been going on for 38 years 
So this weekend will be no different. As far as the match itself goes, I want to say Ray and Dominic will overcome. They will beat Miz and Logan Paul. Have a feel-good moment. Father and son standing tall at WrestleMania. Unless they're going to go with Dominic turning on his father, which would be an incredible story to tell. But I don't know if they have the balls to do that. We'll see. That would be interesting. Either way, should be fun. Don't expect a great match, but I do expect Rey Mysterio to do something that we're all talking about, and hopefully Logan Paul gets his ass kicked at some point during the match. But that's all I have for you. This is the end of my WrestleMania preview. Let me know what matches you're most excited for. The five matches I'm most excited for personally. I'm going to run through it real quick. Number one, obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin's comeback. Call it a match, whatever you want. Stone Cold, that's my number one thing I'm looking forward to this weekend. Number two, I got to say Seth Rollins' open challenge, which I believe will be Cody Rhodes. That should be amazing. Number three, I got to go AJ Styles and Edge. Another great match. Um, the two I just mentioned, I feel like those are the two pure wrestling matches that we're going to get as far as the men. Obviously, the two women's championship matches as well. Bianca and Becky and Ronda and Charlotte, those four matches that I just mentioned are going to be great bell to bell. Mix in all the other celebrity stuff, the pop and circumstance. I think we have the ingredients for a great buffet. Pretty much everything you want. If you want the big men, you got the Omis. You want the celebrities, you got that. You want the pure wrestling, you got the matches I just named. If you want the chaos, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to whoop Kevin Owens' ass. So I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. Should be great. WrestleMania 38, Saturday and Sunday, live on Peacock. Tune in. Let me know what you guys think. Also, give me that five-star review. Like Booker T said, it's all about the five. The fact of the matter is this. On the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion, now can you 